Hey, entrepreneurs, it's Steph here. Do you want to experience what it's like to be part of our Entrepreneurial League community of founders? Now is your chance. New member open enrollment begins on June 10th, and so does our Experience Week. I really want you to have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be part of the most supportive community that will be here to support you at all stages of your business journey during our Experience Week. This will be a five-day virtual event series, and it starts on Monday, June 10th through Friday, June 14th. You're going to get access to live networking and learning events, business growth strategies, as well as office hours with Kim Perel, who is a CEO and serial entrepreneurista, as well as a prominent angel investor. You will also get access to a session on how to win grants with Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn, founders of Power to Pitch. Plus, our mentor, Carrie Kirpin, will be teaching a session all about how to build a profitable business that can sell for more money. And of course, I'll be hosting two info and networking sessions where you can really get an inside look at all of the exclusive benefits and resources that are offered only inside of our Entrepreneurs League community. Plus, you'll have the chance to meet and build relationships with current members. You can register today for Experience Week over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week. That's entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week to join us for a week of free virtual events. I cannot wait to meet you and be part of your business journey. My goal as a human being is to help more than a million people dramatically improve the quality of their life. So if, listen, if that's 60,000 deep with title, that's fantastic. Then I know that we've had some 250, 300,000 members that have come and gone in the past five years. So like when you start to add up like the greater good of what we're doing, I lay awake at night today, six years later, thinking of how to make the brand great even more so than I did in the beginning, because it makes me feel responsible for that journey for people. How much power do we really have? Could having the life you want be as simple as manifesting it? Brooke Budke, Vice President of Marketing at Title Boxing Club International, a fitness club with 60,000 members in nearly 200 locations, with a mission of providing the best hour of someone's day, believes in that power. She fulfilled her own goal to move from working in sterling silver jewelry to being the director of marketing for a fitness brand by her 30th birthday, exactly on her 30th birthday. And she hasn't stopped there. Coming up, you'll hear why Brooke holds such pride from impacting the brand's core values and mission and the goal to help 1 million people improve quality of life why it matters to include more people in research than you think you need to, the daunting nature of franchising and great ideas that can result, the impact of cartwheels on Brooke's life and the power of vision for her word of the year, a breathtaking wedding story, and why discovering what kind of car you would be if you were a car is so useful. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women executives or intrapreneurs are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Brooke, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So I know before you joined Title Boxing Club, you worked at one of the largest sterling silver direct sales companies. How did you get into fitness? It's a great question. And I have always been into fitness. I was an athlete as a kid, and it was something I was incredibly passionate about. And then I saw um, emerging businesses in the fitness space. And when I was – actually, I was 29, so I started – I worked my way up several times at this at the former company, and I started as a copywriter. So entry level, ah. basic, you know, just entry level copywriter. And I kept making myself more and more accessible to helping people get their point across. And so I kept being in bigger, bigger meetings to where I'm meeting with the CEO and the founders. I'm like, there's like, I need to be up in business. And then I always had this passion for fitness. And when I was 29, I remember I set a goal for myself that by the time that I'm 30, I'm going to be a director of marketing for a fitness brand. And I wrote it down. I put it on my mirror. And, you know, the whole year passes by. You clean your house, you clean your mirror off, you change your goals, whatever. And lo and behold, it was uh, my birthday's in September. 
and it was probably uh, July, August, I got a phone call from someone who said, hey, Tettle Boxing Club is looking for a director of marketing. Are you interested? And I was like, hold on. I forgot that I even like had set this goal. You know, you put stuff out there to the universe and um, – I totally believe in that. Yeah. And, but it, it was something that came back around. And so I was interested and I met with the CEO, CFO and VP of ops at a Panera in Kansas city. And I was like, I don't know if this is official, but I did a SWOT analysis. I'm like, I'm going in, right? Like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go all out. And they were interested right afterwards. And I was like, well, I feel like I need to like see the brand and the product. And it was in Ann Arbor, Michigan at the time. So they flew me up and I saw it and came back and said, you know, let me think this over. Well, sure, as the day gets long, it was my 30th birthday, September 4th, when I actually signed my contract to be the director of marketing of one of the biggest fitness brands in franchising. So it was something that it was literally like bringing your dream and vision into fruition on my very 30th birthday. So I don't know if it could have been written in the stars any different for me, but it certainly was connections and networking alongside just what I had done in my former career. Did you share that goal with anyone no. or just your mirror? I don't know. I might've shared it with my mom, <laughs> but my mirror for sure. Um, because I, I, you know, I'm a believer of, I say my affirmations and incantations yes. every day. So when I, when I feel like I, I commit to it, I feel like I'm committing to it publicly, even if it's just me in my mirror. Um, but I don't think I did share it with anyone. I should look at my journals, honestly, and go back and see what if I if I wrote it down specifically. I totally believe that you could manifest your thoughts. So mm -hmm. what year was that? It was, well, I'm, I'll be, it was probably five years ago. And how big was the company at the time? It was, we had about 50 locations, I want to okay. say. And they had just gone through a rebrand at the company and they were looking at doing a new design and a new floor model and a new team because they were really ramping up for growth. It was a high growth company at the time. And we still are today, but um, going from 40 to nearly 200, we'll hit 200 locations this year. It's been like startup Amazing. mode for six yes. years that I've been with the brand now. So it's, I mean, it's a hustle for sure. But the massive growth, we got um, number one fastest growing franchise in America in 2015. So it was just, awesome. you know, compounding all the clubs. So it was definitely very different. I was the only one in marketing. So this was the, this was, this role was new to the company at the time. You weren't replacing someone. They actually, they had a director of marketing. I just don't think that they were a fitness person. Okay. I don't know that they knew. I certainly didn't know franchising, but direct sales is very similar to franchising and it's independent business owners or consultants and wanting to follow a game plan. You know, they're all budding entrepreneurs, but they really also want to follow a procedure and policies that help them succeed. So when you joined this company, what were the what were the first 30 days like? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, the first 30 days, I, I was in the field. Um, I went to some of the clubs in Chicago and I remember I saw the – it was a very – defining moment because I remember I saw all the beautiful new club designs and then I went into like one of the originals and I stepped outside and called to see you and I was like I do not think this is for me like this is not a brand that I signed up for it's so different because they were growing so fast we had to also um, help the older clubs get current and their policies and standard operating procedures and their club design it was just very different so the first 30 days I was also seeing like you know all the chess pieces to really understand which what the franchising game was like. Um, and that there was, I was the only person in marketing. So it was also, you know, going back to my copywriting days, I was do every headline and every proofread and every email and everything. I worked a lot. I still do work a lot. Do you have a team now? I do. We, we outsource probably 80% today because we still run a very lean team. And then I have three individuals that work for us at Tidal. We have full-time um, senior field marketing, and then we have a digital coordinator and then a graphic designer. Um, but we also have, you know, all of our publicists and digital teams and you name it, like vendors. We have a long vendor list. We work and with. what would you say – what are the core values of Title Boxing Club? And the, have they changed over time? Yeah, actually. So that's one of my most – probably one of my most proud accomplishments at being at Title was there was – there wasn't a vision or mission or brand position or DNA or any of that. And we worked with a phenomenal research team here in New York, um, Real Insights. And she led us through focus groups and qualitative, quantitative. So we netted out to the mission of our brand. We wanted it to be really simple and it's to be the best hour of someone's day. 
And because we know like every single thing you do in your life, if you can just come in and feel better for an hour, that's like, that's our job, right? Because yeah. listen, if you want to work out, you could do any workout and I, and I encourage people to do that. But when you come into title, like it's super community oriented and everyone's included and everyone's the same. So we just really wanted to thrive on that being the mission. The vision is to build the most loyal base of members in the fitness world because there's always an attrition factor for fitness. And then the brand position, which I love, is that we champion people's fighting spirit and we help them unlock their inner power. Um, but you mentioned like our core values. That was something that didn't exist in the brand. I mean, the company itself grew so quickly. Today, our core values are to live with a healthy mind and body, to produce results with integrity, and to deliver results. Those top three. Yes. I'm so glad I remembered all of them. <laughs> I know. Pop quiz. Yeah. Uh, so Stephanie and I actually learned very early on in starting our business that we should uh, establish our mission and vision and core values. And of course, that is subject to change over time. Uh, but can you walk me through what that process is like for mm -hmm. someone who is just starting their business and starting to think about establishing their business, figuring out what their core values are, mm -hmm. and then making sure that they live and breathe that every day? Right. So the process, I mean, especially for um, emerging brands, we were still an emerging brand even after we had 100 locations. And we still, you know, two years ago didn't have a mission of the company. <laughs> so I would I would give encouragement to people who are starting businesses or who have ex existing ones. If you're not there yet, like it's a great it's a great flag to put into the ground. We hired a research strategist because we really wanted to be right you know, we wanted to be purposeful with it. And we had a lot of executive meetings where we put sticky notes all over the board and what's a must have, what's a nice to have in terms of like, you know, who we really are. What Who's we want to represent. At that point, how many employees were you? We probably had uh, probably five or six. Well, when I started, it was probably five or six. And when we did the mission, it was probably like 10. And who's included in the meeting? Is it everyone? Is it some people? Such a good question. So it was our president, CEO, myself, are some of the key leadership teams like COO, et cetera. But one of the things that I did that I would highly recommend is I actually sat down and interviewed every person in our company. And I interviewed some franchisees and general managers and asked them key questions. And I wanted to look at not just my perspective, but what does what do our team members, what do our company store people and general managers and franchise owners, what do they believe that's true? Like when you ask them, I ask them questions like, if we were a car, what type of a car would our brand be? What's the answer to oh, that? Well, so, <laughs> well, there's no like, there's no right or wrong. So yeah. it was so fascinating. People were like, oh, Jaguar. I'm like, okay, we are not that sleek. Like, <laughs> it's not us. Um, other people would say like a Jeep Wrangler. And that's probably more in line with us because it's rugged, it's tough, it's sporty. Um, I want to be like a G-Wagon, right? I want to be like one step up. Um, but everybody gave different answers. And same thing when I said if we were an airline, which airline would we be? And our franchise development officer said, well, I think we're like Delta because the issue with Delta and why they're always late is because they have all these different sizes of planes. So they have different mechanics for each plane and they have different playbooks for each plane where Southwest all flies the same plane. So like even if there's an issue, right, all the issues are the same. At least they have the same protocol. Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating because from a franchise development point of view, he's like every unit's different. And we were growing and scaling our size down and changing so much. So everybody gave a really interesting point of view. And I think that was one of my biggest learnings was to include more people than you think you need to. And the brainstorm part, maybe not because then it can get like group yeah, think and it's yeah. tough. But I def I mean, I it, it took me weeks and I interviewed everyone and, and got their opinion. And I also know that they felt valued that way yes. too, which is good. Because inclusion, that's to answer your second question, that's how they live it, you know, because they yeah. feel like then they're a part of creating it. Now that's, that's really, really great advice. Um, so from start to finish, how long did the process take? Oh gosh, it was. If you could remember. It was over a year because we, and when I say over a year, we did, we did all of our research. We did a lot of surveys, qualitative, quantitative. We did focus groups. They're the most fascinating thing I've ever done. Like you see the Ford commercials, you know, and they lift up the sheet and they're like, no, it's Ford. But <laughs> at, in focus groups for consumers, like we were sitting behind the mirror and we, oh, we watched cool. like what people are saying and how they interact with our brand. Um, we did them in Boston and Dallas and Kansas City. We did them with um, 
current members. We did them with people that had never heard of us. And we asked, like, how do we, how do we resonate with you? And would you try it? Would you not? Um, so it was a it was a process. And then what we did was we rebranded the website, all of our marketing material, all of our positioning, everything changed. So it took probably a year and a half. And then we uh, debuted it at our convention. And it was like standing ovation big time. Everyone was appreciative that, that we took that road and took the time because you want to get it right. Was that your idea to rebrand or did you come into the company knowing that they wanted to rebrand? I came into the company and they had just hired an agency and just gone through a creative refresh. And so I had to live with it for like two years. And I say that, you know, with grace, it wasn't like it was terrible. It wasn't necessarily what I would have done. You know, you mm-hmm, always think mm-hmm. I would have done it different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you also can't change what, you know, the investment that had just yes, been done. Yes. And then when our president, Susan Borso, came on board, she's the one that connected me to Serena from Real. She has she was the former CMO of Massage Envy. And so okay. she had done all of this for, you know, far bigger franchise brands and it was her recommendation to go through the process. Um so it's, you know, there's always so many people you can work with to make it better. And when you first joined, I guess that first year, um, what would you say your biggest accomplishments were? The first year, oh my gosh, surviving. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, because I was based basically in Ann Arbor because the team at the time was really, they were relocating the office where the CEO lived there. And so I was traveling all the time and was going to visit locations and doing press and like the second, let's see, I started in September. By November, I was live on the plaza at Fox Studios and here in New York. And I'm like, you know, telling everyone what Title Boxing Club was and this is how great it is. And so for me, it was learning everything about the brand as quickly as possible was one of my, probably one of my greatest accomplishments just to be able to speak to it intelligently and on your feet on live TV. Um, but beyond that, the first year, there, there was no, there was no, marketing guide. There was no brand guidelines. Like, I'm like, well, where's your logo and your colors and your specs? And like, my, our what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was a lot of structure building. Um, and, you know, it was... Uh, Did that surprise you going yes. into the role? Did you think all of that would be, yes. be established? Oh, yeah. I was like, hold on, what was anybody <laughs> doing? Like, how have you made decisions? How do you have alignment? Um, so part part of that was like setting, you know, in franchising, they would say it's like a river and you have to put the banks in place because otherwise it's a flood, right? And the franchisees will do anything and everything. But as long as you have the banks in place, like they'll they'll live in, in that area. Um, and there were, there were no banks. So it was like, you know, deciding some really key things and not having any counterpart really I had the autonomy to make all the decisions. So that's also, there's a lot of pressure with that of like, okay, how do I get this right? You know, and then also educating a franchise system is vastly different because in company-owned stores, you this is the way, the truth of life, right? You just send it out. And instead, franchising, you're making personal phone calls and you're following up with franchisees and do you understand this and how can I help you? And so the rollout process to get it all in place was daunting. And it's still something to say consistency is something we struggle with. It's just, it's hard because everybody wants, you know, actually the Egg McMuffin was created by a franchisee in McDonald's. It was their idea. Ah. So it's like in franchising, great ideas come from yes. the franchisees because they're in, they're, they're living it every day. But sometimes it's like, how do you keep, keep them on track with what works? Um, so that was, that was a lot of, I was very surprised that it wasn't established. And, but it's cool that I got to do it. You know, is I listen, I learn every day in my job for sure. And did you make any mistakes that first year? Um, all the time. <laughs> yeah. My biggest my biggest mistakes was always in I didn't understand the franchisee relationships. I didn't understand how hard it was to essentially, you know, we have a consumer who's a 35-year-old female, average age is 35. 75% of our members are women. And so I'm like you know, I'm right in the sweet spot. I'll be 36 in September. I'm like, I'm the core demographic, which makes it easy for me to understand her and her needs. Um, but the hardest thing, the biggest area where I made my mistakes was not understanding the business owner's needs. When I first started, it was like, this is what the consumer wants. And like, but tell me why and help me understand why Instagram is important or how I use it compared to Facebook. Like, I mean, even today we're still launching Instagram series on how to archive photos and What's a story? You know, some of the most basic things because our business owners are former lawyers, former bankers, former execs from corporations that didn't run that. 
you know, they didn't do all those things and that wasn't really their specialty. So it's always, my mistakes are always in communication, you know, and I could have called somebody versus email or text or follow up or um, answering urgent needs. Like everybody's issues always urgent. So it's like, how do I duplicate myself? I would say I would probably have hired a team much sooner also. How are you finding new uh, potential franchise owners? So our discovery day process is really cool. We actually do a – most often they'll see us through press, our website, our paid ads that we do, um, pay-per-click, et cetera. But when they are interested, they meet with our franchise development manager. They are hungry to be an entrepreneur, right? And they're like, I'm ready. I want to launch my own business. I'm tired of the 9 to 5 grind. And I'm like, well, let me tell you, if you're tired of the 9 to 5 grind, like franchising is like 24-7 because it's your business. Yes. It's very yeah. different. But I think most people are excited to put that passion behind something they own. And then what we do is we have a discovery day and they come, once they're vetted out, they come to our corporate office. Do you go to that day? I do. Yeah. It's my favorite day to present because I'm like all hyped up on her brand. <laughs> I play all these great videos and answer all these questions. I'm like, put me last because I could like, you know, I'll give you the Rocky speech and get you all fired up. Um, but they meet with our, yeah, our head of ops, head of sales, our president, myself. But we actually then we go through a selection process to, to decide, like, is this person good for our brand? Because we know when you sign a franchise, it's uh, you're signing a really, it's like a marriage. You're in it. You know, you're right. in it until you're not. And you want to make sure that they follow our core values and that they are um, the right fit. And we actually went through a really cool process recently where we work with predictive index and it's kind of like the disc or, you know, the personality. Oh, yes. We do that too yeah. at Social Fly. Yeah. What's because, your personality? Well, I'm a, I'm a maverick. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yes. I'm like head. very entrepreneurial. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. So mine is controller. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. I love it. So you're high decisive. You like, you like the data. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I'm highly intuitive. So I'm like, the data's cool, but if it feels good, let's go. Like, let's just, yeah. let's roll with it. That's why my business partner is a maverick. Oh, cool. Oh my gosh. So we balance we, each other out. Yes. <laughs> and it's my, our head of ops, you know, he's a, I think he's a altruist. No, he's a, he's a specialist or something. I can't remember what his is, but his like, you know, he's like, shut my door. Don't talk to me. Let me do the data. <laughs> and I'm like, let's go. Let's get everybody yeah. out and going. Um, so we actually started that process, which has been fascinating because now we identified who's our potential franchisee. And we know if somebody's high, high, high logic, they aren't going to thrive in our brand because it's a, it's a relationship, you know, with our members and every day is vastly different in the fitness world. So th- that helped us significantly of understanding who we are and who we're not and how to how to pick the right people. Interesting. So every uh, fran- potential franchise owner has to take that test. Yes. Before they even meet with us. Oh. Because also too, oh my gosh, it gives you the best insight of how to do answer the questions. Do you do it for interviewing too? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you're going to join my team, first of all, like you have to take notes. You have to be a student of the game. Like I have my own personal list, uh-huh. right? That's not part of that. But um, yeah, we, we definitely do it for that. Coming up, the daunting nature of franchising and great ideas that can result. And a snowy wedding story you'll have to hear to believe, plus a surprise. Hi, entrepreneurs! You know I am always here to provide you with as much value as possible. So I wanted to be sure that you have access to the Entrepreneurista Agenda, our weekly newsletter where we share the latest business news, success stories, grant opportunities, as well as all of our favorite resources and special offers for founders just like you. You can sign up to join our weekly newsletter and join over 50,000 other entrepreneurs over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash newsletter. That's entrepreneurs.com slash newsletter to subscribe to the Entrepreneurs Agenda. We talked a lot about the franchise owner, but I know that you're responsible for all marketing. Who are the other target markets? It's a great question. So in our brand, we have franchisees, you know, the potential entrepreneur that wants to join the brand. We have the consumer of our franchise locations is a – our target is a 70, 75% women and the average age is 35. It's much younger in the urban markets and probably 45 up in suburbs. That said, we have a woman named Paulina who's 98 years old, oh, boxes wow. twice a week in California – 
people with Parkinson's disease that come to our clubs, people in wheelchairs, people that are obese, people that are um, challenged with like we had one woman fight her breast cancer at title. And after the 10th day of getting chemo, she came in and it was for her the best prescription any doctor could give her. The stories inside of our brand, I genuinely believe the one thing that sets us apart at title is we're not this like sexy, flashy equinox. Like we're just not this, that's not our vibe. Like our jam is like the everyday person who has a ton of battles, who fights a lot of things, which by the way, everybody in life does, right? Everybody's fighting something. And they just want to feel better. They want a really good workout and they want to feel better. And when you hit the bag, like when you – even if you punch the air, right, it's like you feel like you're like punching back against the issues that your life is bringing you. So we know that our target audience is a 35-year-old female, but we also know that every single person, all walks of life and shapes and sizes and abilities um, can benefit from our workout. So it's actually made our branding a little tricky because I, I love to showcase the 35-year-old female who can do all things, be all things. But I also want to showcase, you know, the man in the wheelchair and the bride who's getting ready for her wedding and the mom who's sad because her daughter is growing up and moving out of the house. Like all of the people that go through these things. So I we do that a lot on social. We show all of our members' stories on social media because – um, you know, it's really rich content that way. And then we just launched this January an on-demand app. So we also know there are millions of people that don't want to work out in a studio and they don't have time to go into a location or we don't have locations in their area. And on-demand is booming. It's one of the top 10 fitness trends of or wellness trends even of, of the year. And it's a different consumer. It's somebody who's short on time, maybe a stay-at-home mom. You don't have to have any equipment for ours as well, which is cool. Um, so you can do all of our workouts at home with no equipment and get a crazy good workout in you 30 minutes. You don't even minutes. need a glove? No. You need nothing. Wow. It's just shadow boxing. We have kickboxing, um, boxing, weights, recovery, stretching. You know, you yeah, if you have weights at home, you can do that, but you don't. And it's like, just move your body, right? Just feel good. Fight back against what's bothering you. So... Yeah, our three consumers, they're all very different, but we all speak to them. We speak to them the same, you know, like ignite your fighting spirit resonates with an entrepreneur, a 35-year-old female and a stay-at-home worker-outer. So it's, um, it's, it's, I love targeting more than one audience. It's a challenge, but I, I love it. It gives us more variety. And are you, I guess, equally focused on all three goals or how do you yeah. divide up your time? Yeah. So <laughs> there's, don't you wish you could buy time? <laughs> like, yes, like, give me more yes. time. My time, I do, I personally do split between all three. I, so franchise selection, like candidate selection is very important. We also know there's franchise marketing. You have to go fish for franchisees too. Um, for the consumer, I spend my most time, my team spends the most time developing consumer content. And then I spend my most time with the franchisees, helping them understand how to relate to the consumer and what, you know, what marketing campaigns to use. And then the on-demand person is, or the on-demand app is the newest. And so, you know, when it's new, you spend probably the most time there, but even still, I, it's, it's not like I work 40 hours. It's like I work 120 hours. You know, you put 40 hours of work into all three categories um, a week, but we just wrapped a press tour here in New York and LA the last two weeks for on-demand. And it is wild. Like, People walk in a little nervous, not really sure. And then every person's like, this is the best workout I've ever done. I can't believe it. I'm shocked that people are so great. And they always talk about the people of our brand because our trainers are really authentic. They, Everybody's their friend. You know, they shake everybody's hands. I've been in a lot of places where they don't really care. You know, they don't, they don't mind who you are as long as you're paying your $35 drop in. You know, so that's just not really us. And I think people recognize that when they're able to meet us and come in and try a class or, you know, likewise do pop-up events and let them try it that way. Uh, how did you launch the on-demand product? We had an internal person that spearheaded it and she, um, we worked with actually the same research agency. So we wanted to understand that consumer. Um, we hired a phenomenal videographer from LA and then we used all of our internal trainers. And so the production side of it, we, you know, the scouting locations, all that, the editing, et cetera. And then the launch of it was fast and furious. It was, we wanted to be in the space in January. We wanted to hit it. Um, and then just now, you know, we're hitting the ground running with all of our press campaigns and getting the product out to the people. So, um, but the whole thing was launched in like less than six months and it should be like 
at least a two-year project ramping up, you know, to launch that size. And our members, we find that our members love it because they can do it at home when they're not in the studio. And um, we're evolving. We learn so much from the audience too, very quick, because it's different than our in member studio, we do surveys and follow up and stuff, but you learn instantly, you know, in the digital space, whether they like your app or not, they're going to rate it. So we've definitely enhanced our workouts and we're going to continue to do that too. Ours, has it become part of your routine, your workout routine? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, oh my gosh. So I, I am, I think I shadow box at least three or four times a week, at least in my, in my house. I personally like, listen, I'm not, I'm not a trainer, but I could I've been to so many classes and done so many trainings that I'm like, I can do it myself at home. But I always use three pound weights because our gloves actually are weighted. And when you use like a two or three pound weight, it like puts some some mm-hmm. different movement behind you and different um, muscle groups and you fatigue really fast. Like if you shadow box, I'll make you do it right after this. For, I'm going to count for like 30 seconds. Oh I'll start gosh. the timer. You're dead. Like it is, it is hard. It is very hard. So it's good to get your heart rate up quick. My knees and back started hurting when I unfortunately have hit mid thirties. And so shadow boxing is a great cardio for me to still burn a lot of calories and get my heart rate up and not doing jump, you know, split leap jumps and all sorts of things. Yeah. So I, I love it. You're clearly very passionate and very mm-hmm. driven. Where does this come from? Were you always like this as a, even as a little girl? So my mom, heck yes. She would say yes. Um, she's here with me today, which is so fun. Um, I have, I remember early, very early in my life, remembering, knowing that I was meant for really big things. I've never doubted that. And then, so I'm really drawn towards people and industries and books and podcasts or people that, that possess that. My mom, thankfully, you know, you can't pick your family. And my mom was like, um, how do I describe her? She's super tough. She's a boss like herself. Like she's an entrepreneur, self-made woman and like just sets the standard and you live the standard no matter what. Like my brother and I never fought my whole life. She dropped me off at high school and said, go swim with the sharks. Okay. (laughs) Like she wasn't like, oh, call me if you get lost. She's like, you know the way, right? Like, and, and like intrinsically, she knew that I was highly intuitive. She knew that I knew how to figure it out. So I'm like, to have a mom that I would say she pushes me off the deep end in the water, you know, she's not like, start with your, start with your swimmies and like the baby. And she's like, she like shoves me off the ledge in the deep end and says, figure it out. And it's like, (sighs) you grow so much, you know, cause you're not in your comfort zone. And I feel like today, you know, like my ability to adapt is the highest it's ever been because it was that she made me be that way when I was 12 years old. And, um, there's this concept that she actually shared with me and my brother and she <laughs> New Year's Eve, she always helped us celebrate New Year's Eve. And she'd take these pots and pans out on our back patio and we'd have a big pot and a big spatula and like ring in the new year. I'll never forget it. And she always made us pick a word to live by every year. And it's this concept that has stuck with me. So you can write all these lists to of to-do lists for the year of your goals and aspirations. But oftentimes you forget or you're, they're not rooted or, you know, it's like be a better person. It's really generic. And instead, she always said, just pick a word to live by. And at the time, I'm 12 years old, and the U.S. Olympic team was huge in gymnastics. And listen, I'm not like a graceful athlete. I was a softball player, basketball, tennis, cross country, everything other than the the dance and rhythm. So my word that year was cartwheel because I wanted to start gymnastics. I wanted to be an Olympian. I wanted to be at the top of my game. They 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 inspired me, right? They were probably the um, biggest icon, female icons at the time. And I did so many cartwheels that year that I broke my arm in the backyard. It's Halloween, October, you know, do cartwheels all year long. I snapped my arm Halloween and like, you know, getting a cast and set back in all my other sports. But I was like, I was just committed. You know, she taught me the power of vision that early in my life. Today, I actually, I'm, I have the chapter, like the outlines of the book, because I want to write a book about the words that you speak to yourself are the single most important words that exist in your life. And if you choose a word to live by, I could tell you like my last 10 years of like words and 
What's this year's word? My oh, my word this year is snow globe. <laughs> so I never pick a normal word. This, you know, I take it back. Steph, my business partner and I, we started doing this. I think maybe two years ago. Uh-huh. I think the word for this year is stability. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but snow globe. What does that mean? So yeah. <laughs> so it's um. Th- there's a process, right? So like, listen, I've picked words like love and grace and yeah, some basic yeah. ones like uh, throughout my, throughout my life of this, this, uh, vision. So last year, my word is illumination and I got married last November. Congratulations. Thank you. So I knew that this change was like, there are so many, I could have a podcast on like what to expect for getting married when you've been an independent female your whole life. Like there are so many changes that you do not see coming. And oh, I need to know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that should be my second book. It's like entitled. And I was um he has Trey has three kids. So I was also learning how to be a stepmom. And so the changes in my life were just massive. And so my word last year was illumination because I knew that I wanted to go into all these different dark areas of my life. And not dark like negative, but like know that I needed to shed light in all these different areas to grow different versions of me. I had always been Brooke. I'd always been Brooke Budkey. I'd always been Becky's daughter or Brett's sister. I'd never been a wife or a mom, like instant. And that's always something I'd wanted, but it was going to happen instantly. So illumination was really powerful for me. And it was also centered on being light regardless of the circumstances because darkness will always find you in your life. But how do you just keep your joy and your light present, no matter if it's even like your favorite person in the world who's in the dark place. Like, how do you just sustain that? And the one thing that I've learned in choosing words is that when you pick them, the opposite attracts you because listen, like, you know, love and hate are the same emotions. Mm -hmm. So if you choose a word of love, you will experience a lot of hate in your life and you have to learn how to stand in love regardless. Mm -hmm. And so last year, like, was super tough. Like, I had a lot of moments. I was like, I don't feel very light. (laughs) You know, I don't feel very illuminated. And that's part of the journey because for 365 days to commit to one vision, my wedding was at the end of the year. And my vision was to have this, like, total illumination in Vail, Colorado, invite all of our friends and family there, small wedding, but I wanted everybody just to feel this like, you know, like the Care Bear stare, like the illumination, right? And I had always wanted a winter wedding. And it's such a funny thing because most brides are like, I want the perfect sunny day, whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I want to be this winter bride. And we go to Vail and it's like barren. It's the muddy season. It's brown. I'm like, you know, this just isn't what I pictured. And it's the same exact thing that happened when I'm 29 and I'm manifesting the world around me to make this happen when I'm 30. The night before my wedding, I am not like, I cannot describe this. It snowed 14 inches the night before that Friday night. I woke up Saturday morning, November 3rd, pulled the curtains back and it was a, like it literally looked like Christmas morning, covered in snow. It snowed the entire day, except for when we had our ceremony. The sunshine came into the chapel. Wow. We said, I do, you know, you signed the thing. The minute we stepped out of the chapel, it started snowing again. And the whole day, it was like everyone was like, this is like this like snow village Christmas, like how on earth? And she was like, you don't understand. Like, Brooke just has this power, like, and I'm like, by the way, my new vision is twins. So he's like, I'm so worried because like she can manifest anything into her life. And I remember standing in the moment and looking out and knowing like, for me, I'm a spiritual person. Like God gave me this gift that I had like, you know, when you follow your heart and you live your life and you live your passion, like I think really good things also follow. It's it's not like you don't find hardship because I've had so much hardship in my life. But it was this moment where I recognized like the light in my life was catching up to me and all the decisions and the vision of how my mom raised me and who I am and the man that I was marrying and his family I now have and the children that I now have, like all of these dreams, like in that one moment caught up to me and it was breathtaking. Like it, it took me away. And so the one my vision this year is like to embody the snow globe of that gift of understanding the power of our words and our intention. And also like the wedding is the only time in your life that it's your favorite people all in the same room and they don't know each other and they don't care. You know, it's not like everybody's friends, everybody talks to each other and it's like, it's like, it's really magic. And 
I wanted to embody that. I want to keep my family in this layer of protection too in Snow Globe, you know, keep everybody in that place of love and light in the honeymoon phase. Um, also, when you shake a snow globe, like there's craziness going on inside of there, but then it all settles and it's like, it's beautiful. It's like peaceful. And so now I like have this cool collection of snow globes and I, they all tell a different story. And I feel like that sometimes, don't you just want to put this like bubble over your life and say like, okay, like everything else around me, I just have to pause. I'm inside. I'm living in the moment, staying in the dream. So I know that big things are going to happen because they already have up until now. And now the words, it's like super pressure <laughs> like to pick a new word every year. Say, when do you pick your word? Well, we have a reveal party. Well, wow. So, I yeah. think I want to adopt this tradition. <laughs> you, know, you need it to come so over. Um, yeah. So by the end of the year, every year. So it's like September, October, you usually start to get this buzz of like, what am I going to do next year? You know, like, how am I going to pick this? How am I going to top it? And then you have to just kind of – you have to sit with it and evaluate, like, what's most important. So I, I always look at, like – I say, like, there's either – they're all start with an F. It's like faith, family, fitness, finance, fun, and, like, your future goals. So if you write all – you know, do a brainstorm with yourself. What are all the things that you want in your life in those categories? And then you start to, like, highlight some current themes. Like, okay, so is it growth? Is it advancement? Is it certainty? Is it variety? Like, what is what are you really after? And then that's when you get the thesaurus out and you look at all this stuff. And like, then you have to like, for me, I also, the word, when you pick something that can have like physical representation, I think it's powerful too. Cause then you can like set one on your desk or have something like one year before, um, illumination, I chose Eagle and I saw Eagles everywhere. And like bald Eagles would fly over my house. Like <laughs> I'm not, Oh, so I get really, I get really excited. The January 1st, the year of my word of eagle, a bald eagle. I am not kidding you. I wish this was a lie. A bald eagle soared past my bedroom window and Trey was like, eagle. And you see the white head and the white tails on the year, day one, January 1st of the year of eagle. And I was like doing laps around the house. I was like, this is my word. I'm so happy. So it's like, <laughs> st- like what you think about will attract to your life. And I cannot like, listen, whatever you are in business or life or passion or relationships, like whatever you're thinking about is what you're attracting more of. And so for me, I know that I just want to share that with other people, whether it's business or relationships or anything, because whatever you're thinking about, you're getting more of. So usually people think about what they don't like, right? You're not making to-do lists of I'm really great. Like people just don't naturally do that. So you have to like, you just have to be really mindful of your words, the words inside of your brain and especially what you say out loud. For sure. Have you ever read The Four Agreements? Yes. You know, By Gretchen Rubin. Yes. What that's are you? No, I think or, you're thinking of a different book. It's The Four Agreements, which is – it's if you live by these four principles, you'll yes. always yes, be yes. happy. I don't know. Yes, you'll just I have. have a great life. I have. And yes. one, the first one is – um, be impeccable with your words. Yes. So like just be very careful with the words that you choose. I think it's Marion Williamson. Uh, I, think. I think. Maybe it's, it's not. Guy. Maybe it is. I think it's a so, Miguel. I don't know. Something. But yes. And then the second one is like don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Yes. So those are the four things that if you live by those four things then you'll yeah. live a very happy life. So speaking of my mom, she always said to me too, don't be attached to the outcome. It was one of my favorite bits of advice that I live by all the time. Because if you're not attached to the outcome, how differently will you approach it? Because normally it's like, okay, I was going to buy a house. I'm 25 years old. And I'm like, well, all my friends are getting married and buying houses. Why can't I? Fast forward, I didn't know I was going to wait 11 years to get married. Hold on. So she's like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? And I was like, well, what if I lose my job? She's like, and then what? And I was like, I guess I would just sell the house. She's like, right. So it's not that big of a deal, right? So like if you evaluate it differently and you're not attached to the outcome – you're, you don't let fear make your decisions. And that's like a huge, huge piece of advice that I take with me everywhere I go. I, I love that. Do you, do, do you know anyone else that does um, that word tradition party that you do? So, you spread this message oh, yeah. about people that you know? Oh, yeah. Did you like, guys start this? I don't know where she, she – listen, okay, so I would tell you <laughs> – I feel like there's a business yeah, here yeah. somewhere. <laughs> so let's start a business. Yes. Um, she has – I remember – so my mom is in real estate and she's one of the best in the entire state. And she's, you know, like the hustle in real estate is a grind. And I remember walking into her bedroom or her bathroom and she has every – motivational book, self-help, my mom Tony too. Robbins. Every yes. year I get a, a book and I'm yeah. like, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> but like the woman is like, the pages are crinkled, she reads them in the bathtub, like they're yeah. highlighted, they're circled. And so I don't, you know, it's probably, I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but it's something that today 
I have on my whiteboard, I've helped more than 40 to 50 people this year have a word to live by. I started a blog actually to help people in that way. Um, my brother helps people. Listen, you can't be married into our family now and not have a word, right? Yeah. And now my three stepkids have a word. Um, they, my mom speaks on it to all of the real estate agents in town. Like it's spreading. It's listen, Kansas City. People always say, "Oh, you're not in," you know, "we're not in Kansas anymore." We're like changing the game one by one. And I just believe that every day, if you make somebody feel dramatically better then that's enough. So if even if you, at the end of this, you personally need a word, and that makes me feel like and I will totally have, have, I think I need a new word, but I <laughs> said follow your steps and write everything down. Um, so your blog, when did you launch your blog? I, I launched in January. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's brand new. And why did you launch your blog? So and how does this tie back to Snow Globe? Oh, yeah. So great question. I have wanted to launch a blog for roughly five years and I wasn't listening to my own advice of don't be attached to the outcome. And it's so interesting because I'm like, well, do I really have time or what if it's not great or what if nobody likes it? And you ask all these what if questions, what if it, you know, silly, like it's just crazy to all the things that you ask yourself versus what if it's great? What if it helps someone? What if it what like by the way today i got a text from somebody that said your last blog really made me like it was amazing i'm going to share that with all my friends because it's my top 10 tips on what to do after graduation you know because everywhere you look people are in caps and gowns so i i decided i'm not gonna like perfection is the enemy of progress and i'm not gonna like you know i'm in marketing and branding so i want this perfect brand and i want this you know my brand palette my colors i don't even have a brand palette and colors i just started because i'm like if i'm not gonna start it's just not gonna happen and it's been really organic. I haven't made a major announcement. I haven't done anything, you know, different maybe than sharing it on Instagram and Facebook. And I launched it because I believe that my impact on this world is to help more than a million people dramatically improve the quality of their life. And if a blog can do that and be a gateway into a podcast or a book or inspiring someone. The other day, a stay-at-home mom reached out to me on Facebook and said, I just want to say thank you because the stay-at-home mom community can be really negative. And people talk a lot about the things that they don't like in their life and complaining, or I don't like to be the maid and the mom and all the things they have to do. And I feel like you're my friend and that you're helping me Aww. like get a better, have a better perspective. And so it's just right now I'm just doing one a week and it's a positive mindset thought. So whether you're working out physically, mentally, or spiritually, I think you need to work on those three every day. Uh, I did one from the top of Rockefeller Plaza. We had this cool event um, on the famous rooftop where like all the movies are made. And I just, I do video and regular writing because I think too, for me, video is something that people can see maybe my passion and expressions. And I've talked about forgiveness. I've talked about business growth. I've talked about um, this past one was top 10 tips for college graduates. I think there's, you know, how to be a leader in all of the areas of your life is kind of how I'd sum it up because I had a really good mom. She's amazing. And I don't know that everybody has somebody that gives them pep talks in their life. And so for me, I'm like, if I can be, if I can like give you a pep talk, like you're going to be like, let's go. <laughs> let's, like, where are we going next? Like, like you're I'll do a it. personal trainer yeah. for yeah. people's lives. Yeah. In, in a way, like very much so. And so it's like, I just want to, I just want to pay it back. You know, like I just want to spread the dominoes of like, every, you're 30 seconds away from a really good mood. Like change your state, sit up straight, take a deep breath. Like, let's go. Like you've got it. And it's all a matter of choices. So it's, um, for me, I just want to, make people feel better. Well, we actually, we got you a gift. So what? congratulations on starting the blog. Oh my gosh. Um, it's in your Entrepreneurista swag bag. And this is something Stephanie and I like to do. We like to surprise and delight our guests. Uh, and we looked at your social media and we got you, um, there's a little gift card in there somewhere. How awesome. You completely surprised me. It's, where is it? Oh, somewhere in there. Such good handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Help me. Where, I think I hid it because I didn't want you to see it. There it is. Oh my gosh, Inscape! What is this? So Inscape is it's a meditation class. Yes, it's a meditation class. I it's, is it? He, it's here in the city. So you got to do it while you're in New York. Well, <laughs> oh, guess we're order it Guess where we're too. going tomorrow? <laughs> oh, perfect! Oh my gosh, because actually we. Um, 
you know, I've been working like nonstop. And when you're on the road working too, it's so, oh, it's so different because you don't have your routine and your food and all yeah. that stuff. And just having a moment, I love how it's called Inscape too. That's a really neat brand. It says reduce stress, improve focus, boost productivity, increase happiness, better sleep, and so much more. That's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly what I need. That's so kind. Thank you. You're welcome. I would love to extend a gift for you and all of your followers and 20% off our Title Boxing Club On Demand app. You can use it anywhere you go, on the go, um, at your office, at home, wherever. All you have to do is visit titleboxingclubondemand.com and enter the code entrepreneurista <laughs> at checkout. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to see. Listen, I want some good footage of you uh, doing the workouts with your team in the office. And I'll send you some gloves and little fun care package for Stephanie. Up next, tips for growing as a professional and a brainstorm becomes a quiz. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneistas. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurspodcast.com. What advice can you offer budding intrapreneistas who are trying to grow within an organization? My number one thing that I think is super powerful is to take notes. And it's a really rare thing today because people are like, oh, I'm taking notes on my cell phone, you know, and they're like in the corner, like looking down at their phone. I'm like, it's not, it's not the same. Like when you take a note and you like are writing in a journal and you like it physically imprints into your mind very different. Like, and then you go back, you're in a meeting. First of all, it shows so much respect, I think, to the person that you're meeting with that you care to take notes on what they're saying. Secondly, I, my biggest tip is never graduate, that you should always be learning. And I don't only take notes on who I'm with, but how they're sitting, how they're behaving, like, how can I learn from them? Not just on the topic. Like, so I always have a double-sided notebook, right? And on the left, I'm like my observations. And on the right, I always take notes on my to-dos or what the projects are. Because I think people miss a lot of mentorship. And today people always say like, oh, I'd love a mentor. Like, how do I find a mentor? Well, there's mentors in books and podcasts and your podcast is teaching people. Um, There's mentorship, though, even just internally in business meetings when you have an eye for observation and you're curious. And I think it's something that is a lost art. The second thing is in terms of taking notes is bringing gratitude into the workplace. And it's very uncommon. And I actually will write thank you notes to team members every week based on random things that they did that helped my team. And the business relationships you form that way are substantially different than, oh, they're just marketing, you know, they're just going to, they're just going to make it creative. And it's like, no, no, no. Like we're business partners. There's strategy, business strategy and marketing. And um, when you introduce gratitude, I think people are going to go the extra mile if they know that you're grateful for what they do. And so for me, like taking notes, gratitude, but always like just being present in the workforce, I think is tough today too. I think social media can really distract someone, you know, instead of they'll go back to their desk and say like, what did I miss on Instagram? It's like, no, no, no. Like, what did you miss in the meeting? You know, like, like, hold on. So it's like part of it too. And it's not millennials. It's everyone. Like our CEO said today, cell phones, we have a no cell phone policy in our meetings. And he says, it's like in the olden days, if you were to get out a newspaper and read the news while somebody's talking to you. Yeah. You know, it's like, how would that make you feel? Yeah. And so today, like, you know, everywhere you go, people are looking down and at their phones. And it's not bad. Technology can be a, a really good thing. But I think, too, it does a disservice in business meetings. And my advice to people always, I remember somebody at my first job said, people notice when you're the first to leave or the last to leave. And I don't think that means work longer or harder instead of smarter. But I do think that means, like, people are watching and one of my favorite things is like your your behavior and your core values as a human being. Like every you know, people are pretty transparent. Like whether they think they are or they're not, like people watch you. And so they watch you in the smallest moments. Like, do you take out the trash when a business meeting is going on and you're a vice president? And it's not really your job, but it also is that it's tacky for your guests, right? Like just little moments like that. 
I always say like, how can you, how can you manage up and make your boss? My mom always said to me, your job is to make your boss look good. Yeah. That's what my first boss said to me. I was like, how, what can I do? What advice do you have? And they're like, your job is to make my job easier. And I was yeah. like, great advice. And you don't think it's, you, <laughs> you don't think it's good advice at the time. Cause you're like, seriously, that's my job is to like make you better. And it's like, what about making me better? People say are like, you know, they have their hand out like, what is the company going to do to develop me? And it's like, yeah. no, no, no. What yeah. are you doing yes, to develop yes. you? Because if you like expect a company Amen. to develop you, yeah, Amen. it's just not going to happen. And then they like, oh, where's my raise or where's my promotion? I'm like, where's my development from yeah. you? You know, like, yeah. did you develop yourself personally? So for me, it's like, if you're not going to develop yourself, don't expect anybody else to. It's like my number one tip. Like you have to, if you want to grow, you have to grow yourself and then how opportunities you, show up. How do you stay motivated? Within title? Uh, within title is a good question because having been there for six years, I've done four brand refreshes and, <laughs> you know, said the same thing 80,000 times. And it's like, how do you how do you stay motivated? For me, I know the greater good is that we have 60,000 members in almost 200 locations. We just launched the on-demand. It can be an infinite amount of people that we can help. My goal as a human being is to help more than a million people dramatically improve the quality of their life. So if, listen, if that's 60,000 deep with title, that's fantastic. Then I know that we've had some 250, 300,000 members that have come and gone in the past five years. So like when you start to add up like the greater good of what we're doing, it makes me, I lay awake at night today, six years later, thinking of how to make the brand great, even more so than I did in the beginning, because it makes me feel responsible for that journey for people. And as long as I can do it and, and continue to evolve and to grow, I'm going to, um, you know, and I've had four different titles, title changes at the company and it's all been the same job, you know? So it's like, it's not like your job ever really changes. It's like, I actually was probably doing, you know, vice president, copywriter, graphic designer, all of those roles in the beginning. And I was just a director. So I always say, you know, I always think like, how can you always level up in your life, whether regardless of the title? And then I think the titles come with it. Um, But for me, I'm passionate about fitness and passionate about helping people. And I think that's um, the most transparent thing about that title does. So it's just, it's still relevant to me every day. Personally, I motivate myself with uh, books, podcasts, with my own personal workouts. I love to go for walks. And walks are so nice because you see the world so different when you're not in your car and you're busy and you have to slow down. Um, I'm actually really trying to protect my free time right now because I have the tendency to go so hard. Me too. Yes. And like, you know, <laughs> I have a life coach. Um, I also worked with Tony Robbins results coaches. I've been to his seminars, walked across fire. Like, I, like, I just think you have to keep you just have to seek out motivation if you really want to live different. You mentioned that you're an avid reader and consumer of podcasts. Which ones are your favorite? So, gosh, it's like, which ones are not my favorite? Um, I really like Lewis Howes. I think he interviews some really good people. I love yours. I love Julie Solomon's because she's actually talking about like how to pitch, which, you know, whether you're in, I'm not in PR, but I pitch things all the time. Um, I listen to Joel Olstein in the car. It's so funny. He can get me really fired up on faith and like moving mountains. I listen to Tony Robbins podcast. He has a breakthrough series where he interviews entrepreneurs and CEOs and I learned so much from them. My books right now, uh, I have a, um, I always read one on like family and parenting and relationships. Cause I think people oftentimes forget that they need to invest in their relationship. I also have um, I think how to win friends and influence people is one of the greatest of all time, because if you can win friends and influence people, you can get anywhere in life. I'm trying to think of the one that I'm reading right now. I have it in the top of my head. Good to great is massive, massive. It's such a thick book, but it's a good one. Um, oh, think and grow rich. That's my most favorite that I've read this year. And it's actually really long. That one. Oh, it's, always so says good. That. it's so good. Because he's like, it's old. It's so old. And every single tip is still relevant today, which is wild. It's like there's no new news, right? It's just the same life happening over and over again. And it's like, 
it is phenomenal, the best practices of in it. It is really good. So something my business partner Stephanie and I love to do with our guests is a brainstorm. We'll put 60 seconds on the clock and you can ask me anything and we can actually just brainstorm back and forth on whatever you want to talk about. So do you have a question or any challenge <laughs> you're facing right now? Oh my gosh, challenge. Um, well, does this, <laughs> is this specific about business? It doesn't have to be. It could be about anything, really. Okay. All right. Okay, go. <laughs> so what's your favorite movie? Oh, okay. <laughs> my favorite – I don't even know what my favorite movie is. My favorite movie a long time ago was Ever After, oh, which is that Cinderella movie. Yes. And you could like recite all the lines. Yes. And then now I don't really have a favorite movie. Like I guess that would still be it if I had to pick one. But And if you had a movie of your life, who would play you? I get that I look like Selena Gomez. <gasps> you do. <laughs> so you totally do. Or lady. I was going to say, yeah. No, no, no. That's good. That's really good. So if you... know you, who would play you? Who? Oh, what's her name? The dancer. Who? Uh, she dance. She's... Uh, she's a brother who was also a dancer. <gasps> Julianne Huff. Yes. She's my favorite. She, she would totally play Oh, you my gosh. That's so funny. She's literally... I, I, I love that. I love her. Oh, and her brother. That's so funny. They're great. Because my brother and I are the same. I mean, I know they have a lot more siblings, but we're very close. So if you could do anything tomorrow and go anywhere, where would you go? I could do anything tomorrow and go anywhere? I would I would want to go somewhere that I've never been, maybe Australia. Why? Or Thailand. Because those are two places on my bucket list that um, – and I just love traveling to new places and trying new things. Okay. So I have I have one last thing. So there are six human needs that every human being needs in their life. Okay. So variety, certainty, love and connection, significance, growth, and contribution. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, how important to you is certainty? Certainty? Eh, maybe eight. Okay. Scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, how important to you is variety? 10. How important to you is love and connections? 10. How important to you is significance? 10. How important <laughs> to you is growth? 10. No, they can't all be 10. <laughs> no, important. If, growth, I've always – I love learning, trying yeah. new things, yeah. embracing, you know, the mistakes that I've made and mm -hmm. not like – even though I do beat myself up over, over things, but mm -hmm. like it's, it's important. They're all important. Mm -hmm. What about contribution? Contribution – 10, but I, okay, maybe eight. Okay. So they're you have, all important. Yeah. They're I all, think, they're, yeah. every human being needs all of these things. Okay. But you have two that are the top. So you have, you have, you have variety as a 10, love and connection as a 10, significance as a 10, and growth as a 10. Of those, what are your top two? How, which ones would you eliminate first? Variety, love and connection, contribution, and growth. And significant contribution. Okay, so take contribution out. Good. So you have contribution and certainty. They're lower on the totem pole, but you still need them. So now you have variety, love and connection, growth, and significance. Eliminate one more. Well, I would think love and connection is number one. Okay. And then growth is probably number two. Okay. Yeah. In which order? Gro love and connection one, growth number two? Yes. So mine, interestingly enough, are the exact opposite. My number one is growth. My second is love and connection. And by the way, like, you know, growth is a 10.5 and love yeah. and connection is like a 10. So you will sacrifice in your life anything and everything that you need in order to meet those two needs. Anything and everything in your life that comes up, you will sacrifice certainty, variety, connection, um, or not connection because that's your top one, um, contribution. You would, you would sacrifice any of those things in order to make sure that you have love and connection and growth in your life. Would you say that that's true? Probably. Yeah. So when you know. I've never <laughs> So when you know those things, then what you do when you pick your word to live by is your word this year needs to embody love and connection and growth. Because most often too, people define happiness as progress. Like if you're making progress in your life, especially for you and your relationships, you feel like, oh my gosh, you're on top of the world, right? Like your love and connection, you're thriving. So if growth and love and connection are your top two, when you identify your word to live by this year, it's going to be within those two main frame points for you of like, how do you grow personally, professionally, financially, emotionally, spiritually, and then how do you cultivate your relationships? And so my tips and your brainstorm of your word 
is how do we identify like the one word that will be your vision to pull you through and like the lowest times or the lowest days to know that this is where I'm going after my fight for love and connection and for growth. Thank you. Yeah. I have a lot to think about. I know. <laughs> and you have 24 hours and oh you know you're <laughs> And lastly, what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? I just believe that you can do anything. In my gut, in my greatest core belief is that you can have, do, or be anything and everything you want in this world. As long as you are willing to ask for it, to believe in it, and then you'll receive it. And I have never been one that's like, oh, women, I need a seat at the table. It's like, no, no, just like go get what you want. (laughs) Like it doesn't matter who you are, what sex you are, what you look like, what your background was. Like I'm a vice president of a massive franchise company. I'm a female. And I never once think about being a female in that role. Like it's just not my jam. Like for me, I'm like, no, I'm I'm in that role because I deserve it. Not because I'm like, oh, you know, let's make sure everybody's equal. It's like, no, no, no. Just go after what you want. Like it doesn't matter like the life that you've lived. Like I've survived cancer. I have survived my parents getting divorced. My brothers had illnesses. Like we've, we've been through so much in my life. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. You're always going to have setbacks. You're always going to have these things hit you in the face that you never see coming. And it's like, but everybody loves a comeback. So how do you just go after what you want? Even if you fall, which you will, how do you go after what you want? Like no matter who you are. So in Trinista, listen, guys can even be that, right? Like who cares? Like it's a modern world today. You see a lot of things on the street in New York. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Uh, thank you so much for joining thank me. Thank you. Where can everyone find and follow you and be inspired by you? Uh, so Brooke Budkey is my Instagram handle. And my blog is bodybuds.fitness. So like your body bud, right? Like your friend for your body. Um, bodybuds.fitness. And then titleboxingclub.com is our brand. And I hope that you fight back against anything that you're battling in your life and you live with intention and purpose and power. Well, thank you again for joining and thank Thank you you. everyone for listening. I'm Courtney and this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Thanks for listening. Hey, entrepreneurs, it's Steph here. Do you want to experience what it's like to be part of our Entrepreneurs League community of founders? Now is your chance. New member open enrollment begins on June 10th, and so does our Experience Week. I really want you to have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be part of the most supportive community that will be here to support you at all stages of your business journey during our Experience Week. This will be a five-day virtual event series, and it starts on Monday, June 10th through Friday, June 14th. You're going to get access to live networking and learning events, business growth strategies, as well as office hours with Kim Corral, who is a CEO and serial entrepreneurista, as well as a prominent angel investor. You will also get access to a session on how to win grants with Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn, founders of Power to Pitch. Plus, our mentor, Carrie Kirpin, will be teaching a session all about how to build a profitable business that can sell for more money. And of course, I'll be hosting two info and networking sessions where you can really get an inside look at all of the exclusive benefits and resources that are offered only inside of our Entrepreneurs Elite community. Plus, you'll have the chance to meet and build relationships with current members. You can register today for Experience Week over at entrepreneurista.com forward slash experience week. That's entrepreneurista.com forward slash experience week to join us for a week of free virtual events. I cannot wait to meet you and be part of your business journey.